Hey, I'm Derek Watts, and this is Carte Blanche, the podcast. Here you will find in-depth stories on the issues that matter, while we also bring you exclusive interviews and analysis to help you better understand the stories behind the headlines. So turn up the volume and settle in. We live in one of the most violent and crime-ridden countries on the planet. You think that every effort would be made to ensure we have police capable of meeting that threat. Sadly, the opposite is often true and the consequences become terrifyingly obvious in the towns and cities worst affected by crime. Places like Umtata in the Eastern Cape. Clema Wisa tells the story of a community under siege and two police stations leaving them in the lurch. Note that this story contains graphic descriptions of sexual assault. The story was produced by Sipa Gema. Working on this story, I had some mixed emotions. Scared, excited, and also relieved because it's been years. And the story of corrupt police officials or law enforcement in Tata had to be told and it had to be investigated. It wasn't enough just to hear about it in terms of saying a police officer has been arrested for such and such. The extent of corruption and injustice by people who society is meant to trust and whom is supposed to protect society had to be investigated, had to be told. But of course, it wasn't without its risks and that is where the fear came in. Um, Tata is basically a gangster's paradise for thugs and for corrupt police officers or members of law enforcement. I mean, people are being gunned down in broad daylight. People are being assassinated left, right and center in their homes, in their driveway, out shopping. So I was worried that it would come out that I'm actually on the story and I'm investigating and I'm talking to people. And I was worried that maybe one of my visits in Tata, you know, I could get found out. That was the fearful part. But of course, exciting because now you're able to come out and tell the story and you have the responsibility of informing people and doing justice for the people of Tata as well. But I think more than anything, what showed the extent of fear in that community because of corrupt law enforcement was I had several case studies declining to interview or some changing their minds the last minute. I mean, a community activist was like, I'm sorry, I cannot do this. This is dangerous. And I have to live in this community after. It, it really was concerning. And this was just a way of hoping that police and law enforcement, the minister of police will take corruption within South African police services seriously because it is a serious concern. If we cannot, as a society, turn to law enforcement, who is there to protect us? Mtata. Once a jewel in the Eastern Cape's crown, an economic hub bustling with activity. But it's now a city where lawlessness thrives. Ranked among the top three of the country's murder capitals, people here are under siege. 
I last visited this house outside Mtata several months ago. It's where the late Namtla Mtwa used to live, before she was brutally murdered, shot nine times in her driveway. Her story caused a national outcry when, months later, her sister, angry at the lack of progress in the investigation, took to social media. She revealed that the prime suspect in the brutal killing was Namtla's former boyfriend, a well-known local businessman. Namtla's aunt, Tembaka Zimtwa, says until those desperate social media posts, police in Mtata had failed to follow any leads. The whole country started to respond. And we did have high hopes that justice by now should have been served for Namtla. Amidst the public outcry, the police's top brass, including Minister Beki Tele, descended on Mtata and Namtla's family. Tried to work harder uh, to continue to be on the solid ground. Uh, we have had it, which were on the solid ground. He did come mm. to visit us and, and promised us that they are going to do whatever in their power. So when we were still waiting, we still heard from the national TV that no, the, the case now is no longer in the province now. It has been taken to national. With the case in the hands of the national police, there were hopes of a breakthrough, but handing the case to more experienced investigators has proved futile. To date, no arrests have been made and the case has effectively stalled. But, shocking as it is, an unresolved murder is just one more sign of a city left to fend for itself. I felt someone tugging at my braids from behind. Then they slammed me to the floor. In February last year, Nozika Mlashe was working in her busy hair salon when two police officers walked in. She was accused of contravening COVID-19 regulations by not wearing a mask and was arrested. Once inside the police station, Nozi was brutally assaulted. The second police officer continued. He stood on my leg. The officer who arrested me kicked me in the abdomen. Horrifyingly, it was just the beginning of a long and agonizing ordeal. He pushed me to the floor. He continuously kicked me while saying, you will know who I am today. The words were deliberately chosen. Left battered and bruised in the holding cells, enduring insults and abuse the entire weekend, Nozi later realized why she was there. Months before, she'd been pulled over by a police officer while driving. He'd requested her phone number, but when she later declined his advances, he made a veiled threat that their paths would one day cross. 
that man was one of the officers now violently abusing her. When he came to arrest me, he said, I told you that I'll get back at you one day. Do you remember that day I caught you? But should Nozi's story surprise us? As we drive around Ntata, it's clear that this is an increasingly lawless city. Here, police aren't just looking away, they've become part of the problem. There are two police stations in the city, Madeira and Central. Both are notorious. Do you need these documents certified quickly? Yes. I also need an affidavit. What should I do? We'd been told by residents that corruption is so brazen, it happens in plain sight. Our producer went undercover. I'll do everything for you. This is what's going to happen. I'll go inside and come back with a blank affidavit, signed and stamped. All I need is money for a cool drink. At the police station, you can get one of these for as little as 10 rand. It's an affidavit, a crucial document often used as evidence in court. By law, it must be written in front of a police officer by someone carrying proper identification. Because it's a statement made under oath, it's illegal for police to sign and stamp a blank affidavit. But these middlemen work with officers inside the police station. And within minutes, our producer is able to get a blank affidavit signed and stamped without ever stepping inside the building. So, who should account for this blatant crime? We know what we're doing is wrong. We're also helping the people because these police officers are useless. People stand in these long lines, and then sometimes by the time they get to the front, the police lock the gates. In response to our questions, SAPS in the Eastern Cape provided a statement. They confirmed that selling affidavits is a serious crime. While acknowledging allegations of corruption and other transgressions by Mtata police, and despite the evidence we provided, they say nothing can be done in the absence of official complaints by the public. That's cold comfort to those suffering the worst effects of Mtata's crime wave. People like Spogazi Vabaza, a survivor of gender-based violence. For seven years, she'd been abused, raped, and threatened with death by her estranged husband. But police refused to investigate any of her complaints because the man's father was a high-ranking police officer in Mtata. He often told me, remember my dad is a former police colonel, and uh, he has influence, you know, so the docket would um, disappear, of which it did disappear a lot. But Sipogazi was relentless, and after opening yet another case, her abuser was finally arrested. Shockingly, 
he was released before his bail application and he went after Spogazi again. He raped me on my anus the previous day. And that was the second rape, which the police station did not record. Did you go report it? Yes, I did. From cases that go uninvestigated to simply refusing to open cases at all, the weight of allegations against both Mtata police stations is significant. Why do you think that this particular case is challenging for police to come up with results? Oh, I cannot say. Because all, all I heard from the minister he said this is a complex case. A complex case or simply a failure to properly investigate in the days following Namsha's murder. According to sources, at the start of the investigation, key eyewitnesses weren't interviewed and police only collected crucial CCTV footage from two houses in the neighborhood months later. SAPS in the Eastern Cape, though, say statements have been issued and the public informed where action has been taken against police officers implicated in crimes. But there's little sign of crime being brought under control in Mtata or of a change in approach by those tasked with enforcing the law. The negative attitude is all I received from Mkwendeni police station. They would say, who do you think you are to open a case against a police officer? I am testament of the atrocity that we women face when we go and report <laughs> at the hands of the police. Corruption, brutality, and a staggering failure to investigate crime. Just some of the challenges bedeviling our police service. We recently spoke to security and policing expert Zianda Stierman about the many issues within the South African police force. Find the link to that conversation in the description. We love sharing these unique and eye-opening stories with you. If you have friends and family living overseas, they can also join in on the Carte Blanche conversation. Tell them to find Carte Blanche, the podcast, now on all major podcast platforms.